Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. My host, I am the host. My name is Steve Barber. And joining me as a co-host is a man who knows the secret formula to Coke, to Pepsi, and RC Cola. And that's my friend, Waylon Davis. That is correct. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he knows other secrets, too, but we won't divulge them just yet. <laughs> so, no, not yet. Got to keep um, myself. Yeah, <laughs> so... Uh, fortunately today was a lot better day for me because I actually took the day off. And so I slept in until about eight 30 <laughs> and for me, that's sleeping in. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way. Yeah. Eight 30 is about eight 30, nine o'clock, anything longer than that. And then I feel like crap the rest of the day. Yeah. And then, you know, like last week, uh, uh cause I'm, I'm basically, I'm burning off vacation days right now. Uh, so I don't lose any before the end of the year. And I did the same thing last week. I took off Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And on the Wednesday, apparently, I was suffering from lack of sleep because I slept till 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I had went to sleep at like nine. So I slept for like 14 hours. Um, yeah, so didn't do that today. And I was able to get some stuff done. Uh, one of the things I was able to get done was I was able to fix the logo for the podcast and I was able to make it transparent. So if anybody would like to order some merch and it's not just shirts, it's not just t-shirts in fact, but we have t-shirts, we have hoodies, there's baseball t-shirts, which is apparently a thing. I'm yep. not just saying it because Dwaylon is wearing a Cardinal shirt right now, <laughs> uh, which if, if my son saw that he would, he would automatically, he would start saying how, how much he hates the Cardinals. So, yeah, very first game he ever saw was the Reds and the Cardinals, and uh, the Cardinals won, and so he's decided ever since then he hates the Cardinals. Ah. Yeah, so he'll even tell you that. I, no, he's like, yeah, I hate the Cardinals. Yeah, I was not a Cardinals fan for the longest, and then my wife used to be an Indianapolis Colts fan. Andrew Luck retired, so she didn't really have a team because Colts are garbage. So I'm like, just come over to the Packers it'll be fine <laughs> okay I'll be a Packers fan but you have because she likes the Cardinals I'm like, she's like so you have to be a Cardinals fan so I had to make a deal so that's hence the Cardinals yeah uh, <laughs> you know I don't think I own one thing that's Reds though really <laughs> yeah I mean I will pull for the Reds I mean I will say that it's it's honestly because there is such a rich tradition with the Reds because mm -hmm. they're the oldest um, continuous professional team. And yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I had to throw the word continuous in there because that was explained to me this past Saturday, actually at the Reds Hall of Fame Museum. And that there were some teams that started and then they stopped for a little bit and then they started back mm -hmm. up again, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, but the Reds have been a team for 100, over 150 years. Wow. Yeah. So. They have a rich, very rich tradition. And if you were ever in the Cincinnati area, I would actually recommend going to the Red Hall of Fame Museum. It is a pretty neat experience. And if you are a veteran, you get in free. If, uh, if you are a child un under the age of 12, you get in free. So the other day, Leighton and I got in free. <laughs> Both <Ooh>. of us. <laughs> um, but even if you have to pay, it's only like eight dollars. I mean, it's That's it's not, not a, yeah. I mean, it's not like like it's an exorbitant amount of money. Um, and they have oh dude, I mean it's it's just if you are a baseball fan at all, it doesn't matter what team you cheer for, you will enjoy this. Right. Um 
there's even a chance if you want to try your hand at being like a broadcaster and Mm -hmm. yeah they have some set um i guess plays or well not really plays it's some highlights over the past however many years and one of them was a game where uh, scooter Jeanette hit four home runs in the same game and of course tied the major league record for home runs in game and there's another one where somebody hit a grand slam to win the game walk off grand slam and so we did that and we did another one because the first one we did Leighton all of a sudden decided to get cute when he was doing it (laughs) and so I was like you're doing that over I said, I don't care. You know, I said, that, I said, that wasn't funny. <laughs> but, um, and in fact, the funny thing about that, you know, the game where Scrooge and I hit those four home runs, my supervisor at the time, he actually lived in Newport, Kentucky, which is right across the river and, you know, from Cincinnati. And his apartment was directly across from Great American Ballpark. Oh, okay. Yep. So, Every time a Cincinnati Red hits a home run in the ballpark, they shoot off the fireworks. Oh, okay. And so the fireworks just kept going off because Scooter Jeanette wasn't the only Red who hit home runs that night. You know, he just yeah. happened to hit four of them. Right. And he said, he, he told us like the next day at work or the next time we saw him at work, he's like, the fireworks just wouldn't stop. He said, I'm trying to go to bed. And all of a sudden, he's like, again? But... Yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, if you're a baseball fan, go see it. It is absolutely um, just a nice way to spend the day, or at least a, a few hours. Mm-hmm. And, and you can tell that they also all love Pete Rose. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'll just say they all love Pete Rose. <laughs> Still, <laughs> he's part of the Reds Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of other – uh, historic players there and they list all the world series stuff that they've won and they have these replicas of their old ballparks and including the the ones from like the early 1900s where they weren't like these double and triple decker ball, ballparks it was just like one level yeah and that was it i mean it, it looked like uh, you know something like i've seen high school fields that had more seats than this <laughs> and, and these were major league ballparks but but yeah so pretty cool stuff um yeah but just remember yeah my son yeah he hates the cardinals so i just forgot to drop that in there again <laughs> um <laughs> but but yeah uh, uh, of course back to the merch store there's also uh phone cases there's also masks because right now apparently covid was going away but apparently it's not going away so if, yeah. they, bring, if they bring the mask back don't be surprised because i just found out today a couple more people who i know um actually have just been diagnosed with covid one of which already had it he yeah. had it and then he got vaccinated later on and now he's caught it again yep it is it's definitely surging back we we wear our masks everywhere we go and yeah so i mean i just i just stay away from people on principle anyway yeah me too it's like mm, yeah um but and I'm actually speaking of somebody, I also had it. My wife and I both had it last February and it is no fun, you know? So uh, just to let everybody know, yes, it is very real. So anybody who says it's not real, shut up. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so we had the mask, we have the, there's laptop bags, there's totes, there's pillowcases. Dude, we can have our podcast on pillowcases. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I will drop a link again in the show description. I've also been dropping it on on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm not sure if you can actually drop something like that on Instagram. Instagram, I'm still kind of yeah, like lost. Not, yeah. <laughs> because Instagram, if you don't have a picture, well, you can't post it. Right. And yeah, so I'm, I'm, but I can let people know, um, yeah, on Instagram, hey, look, go to our merch store. And you may if, be able to put the link in the, in the bio on Instagram. That, okay, that's very true. I will, I will have to go do that. No, and there was something I was going to do this past Monday, and I, it went completely out of my mind because my day just went completely sideways Monday from like word go. Mm-hmm. And, and so when it came to the podcast, I was like, uh, you know, and, and even then I was catching up trying to watch the paper yeah, use, so watch could review show. it. Yeah. But former co-host Kyle, this past weekend, he actually won a weightlifting competition in West Virginia. And if for those who were listening last year, right about this time, this is the same competition he won last year. It was the, the APA West Virginia 275 pound masters and veterans class. And he actually did not, I'm not seeing where he posted about how much weight he, he put up, but I can tell you just knowing him for many, many years and, uh, Dwayne, who's actually, actually seen a picture of him, you can see he, yeah, Kyle is just one big muscle walking around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, he can put up some weight. And so I want to give a shout out to him. Congratulations, dude, for doing that. Uh, very proud of you, especially, you know, you have defended your title and you defended it well. So keep it up and uh, keep recommending the podcast to people. Yep. So yep. Uh, even if you're not not co-hosting you're still a friend of the show and we always want to uh keep it like that so absolutely so moving on uh we our contact and listening info if you want to email us is armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast you can find us on instagram also at armchairbookingpodcast you can find us on twitter at bookingarmchair and you can find us on TikTok where there's no videos right now. You can find us on YouTube where there's no videos right now. <laughs> uh, we just haven't really hit the phone, but we do have the channels reserved. And if we actually, if, if people do want to us to put videos, just let us know and we will do what we can. Yeah. Uh, they may not be videos of the podcast, even though I have asked people on, so people have actually asked me about social media and they say, do you have a YouTube channel? Because when instead of let's say, oh, you, you know, we, we have the podcast and I always thought that was kind of strange because YouTube to me is videos, not audio. And, you know, but I said, no, I said, we, I said, we do have the channel. I said, but we haven't really uploaded. I said, and I've been having issues trying to upload just the audio. Yeah. You know, because it, um, it, I have to convert this audio file from this to an mp3 so i can upload it on the blog talk and but then to upload it to youtube i had to change that to an audio only mp4 yeah yeah and you know so and i had done that before and then when i tried to upload it it would look like it's going 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 and then stopped and the upload failed mm-hmm. and 
someone told me that uh, I should probably put a thumbnail because apparently that's part of if you don't have a thumbnail, it a lot of times it'll reject it. Yeah, because I know sometimes on I know on songs a lot of times people will just put a thumbnail for like they'll put a thumbnail up and then the music will play. So that may be it. Yeah. You know, so I may have to go ahead and try to do that. Uh, but in the meantime, you can find us in just about any kind of audio platform you can imagine. Uh, I will give the caveat right now. Still haven't figured out the iHeartRadio conundrum. It stopped uploading our videos. And I think there is something in the, um, I guess you can call it the narrative that I, I type in there every week. Mm -hmm that it does not like something in there in the show description and so i may have to just go in there and delete everything out of that and just to see if the next episode will upload right you know so so ever since the episode where we interviewed sid holland out of uh illinois which we need to get him back on anyway because that, actually that was the episode that i got the notification from uh zoom that if i want to go over over 30 minutes i had to start yeah. paying right in the yep. middle of the episode i'm like y'all couldn't tell me this before the episode right. started yeah. recording <laughs> uh so unfortunately we had to cut that interview short and i've always felt we slighted sid so uh, even though i mean he was super cool about it he understood yeah. it, so i'd like to get him back on again at some point yeah uh so um but and as always as i mentioned before we uh you can always find us on block talk radio you know yep. because that's who we pay to host us and you know that's the main link yeah um, so but anyway so tonight we actually had an interview we were going to do however at the last minute uh the person hit me up uh, sent me a message and said that they had something uh, come up and they were, were not able to do the interview and it says something to do with work and i'll definitely get that yeah i completely know. understand that oh yeah gotta yeah, pay the bills got to pay the bills and if something with your work comes up uh you know we we don't get mad at things like that because, no. um especially when a couple of months ago i was having to, to cancel our own recording because i was at work right yeah and it wasn't that i was going to be getting on late no i was still at work <laughs> yeah yeah you and, messaged me and you're like dude i'm literally still at the office <laughs> yeah yeah it is now 8 30 p.m my time and i am sitting at my desk or actually in my director's office because we were trying to go through the, the stuff mm -hmm. and but i mean he was also there so um, right. i can't you know can't say uh that i was the only person there i mean he was right there with me and we're watching the cleaning crew come in we're like hey guys <laughs> and, like, hey. yeah don't see y'all very often you know yeah. uh, thank you guys doing an awesome job thank you and um and a couple nights he actually went and and he's like hey you like japanese sure he said all right i'll be right back <laughs> and he went and got us uh some places there's a japanese place right near our office so oh okay and when he went and got it you know there's been times there's mcdonald's where he's like hey i'm gonna get a couple cheeseburgers you want anything sure same thing all right <laughs> and you know but but we got the stuff done and and that's why i'm just trying to take days off now to kind of still kind of recover from that yeah you know, but either way, anytime that we have something like this happen, we always try to have a backup plan and we always try to call an audible. And we first thing we do is we kind of look at, is there anything significant that happened during the past week or so? Or is there any overarching subject 
that we've been talking about doing. We just haven't had a chance to because either a pay-per-view was about to happen or had just happened, or we have an interview or we have some other stuff. And today it's going to be the other stuff that has happened over the past few days. And so I'm going to call it the major-ish news because they're events, but they're not extremely significant, but they are significant nonetheless. Yeah. And the first one, Joanna and I were just talking about this right before we record. Over the years, everybody's been speculating that whenever Vince McMahon either steps down as uh, the CEO of the WWE, that it was going to be Triple H or perhaps Stephanie, you know, and or Shane taking over as the head. However, mm-hmm. that is not the case. And no, not at all. It was announced that the current, what is he, what, what is his title? Let me look, because I don't know exactly and I don't want to. But either way, it's going to be Nick. Or- Nick Khan, the man who has who has come in in the past few months and just for better or for worse, he has done a lot in the WWE. Oh, he is the president. There you go. Yeah, he's the president and the chief revenue officer. Uh, he has that served is, in that okay. those positions since August of 2020. He was previously uh co-head of the television department at caa not familiar with that but he's been with the company 18 months and he's already you know he's president of the company chief revenue officer and apparently now the heir to the throne yes and now it's starting to sound like a royal family scandal. It really does. <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody, because Shane has kind of built his own thing in China, this media company. Yeah, Shane, Shane, I mean, really doesn't need the stamp no, of WWE I don't if think he doesn't he wants want to. It. I don't think he wants that day-to-day pressure. And I think he want, I think he went to China, built his media company to show that he could do this without on his own without the family influence. Right. But me, myself included, I always assumed that it would be Triple H and Stephanie running the show. I hoped it would be Triple H because given his run on NXT from 2012 to what he took in, when he took over, when they changed from FCW to NXT and Triple H became in charge, you know, became the man in charge. What he did with that brand was nothing short of impressive. I mean, he, Mm -hmm. it was literally from 2012 until earlier this year before his medical issues, it was legitimately the best brand consistently week in and week out that WWE had. And I was hoping that Triple H would bring that mindset because, you know, whether you like him or not, the man is a a fan, a wrestling fan, a student of the game. He has a great mind for wrestling, and he definitely has his finger on the pulse of what P- 
people want to see in pro wrestling. So I was hoping that he, with him being in charge of WWE, that he would be able to bring that to the main roster. But apparently now it's going to be Nick Khan who shares, apparently shares Vince McMahon's visions of what pro wrestling should be. And really, Nick Khan's not a wrestling guy. And that's always been my issue with people running wrestling companies that have no concept of the business itself. And when I say business, not the financial part over here, but the actual wrestling business, the ins and outs of what these people do and what these people go through on a daily basis. And it's just another example. You've all you've seen it time and time again what happens when non-wrestling people are put in charge of wrestling companies. And it never really ends well. Yeah, because I was thinking, as you were saying that, when a non-wrestling person gets put in charge of a wrestling company, can you say Jim Hurd? Are you there? Yep, I'm here. Okay. Um, we kind of froze for a second. Sorry, I had to, uh, I just now cut off my internet connection on my phone, so it's not uh, oh, okay. going into the streaming. Um, and I need to make sure my son's not streaming anything on the same channel I'm on. <laughs> um, but anyway, like I said, when you say a non-wrestling person taking over a wrestling company, yeah. can you say Jim Hurd? Yeah. Jim Hurd, Dixie Carter. Yep. Um, trying to think. I mean, well, I wasn't Dixie there. Carter, wasn't she at least a wrestling fan? She was a fan, but she had never, that that's as far as it went. But uh, she had, she had never had any dealings with pro wrestling other than going to a show. And so know, she was watching. slightly above a casual fan. Yeah. She was slightly above a casual fan, but okay. she didn't, as far as the, business itself she wasn't really involved in the business basically her parents bought a wrestling company and put her in charge of it <laughs> hey we got something for you it's christmas hey. yeah christmas <laughs> present yeah, Chris, Here's wrestling, wrestling. yeah all right cool yeah um even though she sounds like she should be on designing women <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she yeah, really she does. Does. <laughs> and i mean and it was evident that she did not know what she was doing uh because when she hired bischoff and hogan after everybody had told her vince russo included had you know had voiced his opinion on bringing them in and she did it anyway because of hogan's name name value which i get it i get it but, but at the same time, if you know Hogan's track record, you do not want that person in charge within your company. You do not want that person having power, that kind of power within your company. And what year was that she bought the company? Uh, let's see. When did... By the way, the CAA is the Creative Artist Agency. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, I had to go look it up. So either way, 
on one hand, it says, okay, if you buy a company, but you know that you are not experienced with whatever the, whatever the product is the company is putting out. Right. Um, I mean, and that's just like if we were to go buy a used car lot, what do we know about used cars? Exactly. Yeah. So we would have to know how to drive them, but that's it. (laughs) That's about it. So we would have to hire somebody who actually knows the stuff, you know, but we'd say, you know, basically tell me, what do you need? Yeah. You know, you're the expert. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, so help me help you and, you know, we'll help each other and to get this going. Uh, Dixie's uh, Dixie was president of TNA from 2003 to 2016. 2003 so short like her parents basically her parents were the financial backers for tna wrestling until anthem sports ended up buying the company um because you know of course you know jeff jared and his father jerry jared started tna but then to get it to that next level, they they needed some. They needed a partner that would have the finances to do it. So uh, they Dixie's parents financed basically, you know, bought the company uh, and put Dixie in charge. So one of the things, hopefully, Nick Khan. I mean, because we we've already seen the decisions he's made. Mm-hmm. They've had close to all around 80 wrestlers who have been cut from the roster since he became the president and the chief yep. revenue officer. Yep. Um, why are they call the chief financial officer? Why chief revenue officer? That's kind of a sidebar, but I don't know. It's like they, I, I don't, I don't understand the difference, but I'm not, that's not my area of expertise. So, hmm. I'm going to look that up now too, but um, yeah, that seems kind of, uh, I mean, maybe the, the chief revenue officer reports to the chief financial officer, um, but maybe he'll put Triple H, well, maybe he might leave Triple H in charge of the operational part of because Triple H, he is the, the chief operations officer. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe, I, you know, when I was thinking about this, we're talking about the health problem with Triple H. He might have been recommended by his doctor. You do not want to take that position. Um, it's possible. It's possible. Yep, because I mean, his he's doctor already... may have said that's going to be way too much stress. Yeah, and I mean, and I can see them doing that because you know I've seen people who were already having basically you know like heart issues, coronary issues, and and it was a lot of it was stress related and. And, and Triple H's uh, regimen, like as far as like his weightlifting and his diet and things like that, I mean, it's public knowledge. The man takes care of himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he's a teetotaler. He does not drink. He does not smoke. He does not do drugs. Nope. And he's just basically into taking care of himself. And for him to have heart issues, that, I mean, that means there's something, you know, he was stressing himself out majorly yeah and so he may have even decided you know what i can't take the job because if i'm over here running nxt and i'm having these issues if i try to take over the entire company 
Yeah. And I can't see Stephanie being put in charge of it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> just um, no. Just, just no. No. It's like, yeah, but probably, of course it probably didn't help that you got a madman in your ear all the time. Yeah. Telling you what he what he does and doesn't like and Right. I don't know. I just um, don't. Yeah, if Nick Khan will defer the wrestling side of things to wrestling people, then things may work out fine. But if he's going to play the basically do the Vince McMahon role and have his fingers in everything as far as that's WWE related then I don't know how well that's going to work. Well, I think the first thing you ought to do, honestly, get rid of Kevin Dunn because you hear a lot of complaints about him. Yeah. The only reason Kevin Dunn is still there is because he is a Vince McMahon loyalist. The only reason, that's the only thing that's keeping him there. Because if anybody else was running that company, I think Kevin Dunn would have been gone a long time ago. Yeah. Because um, Kevin Dunn, he was almost holding back Steve Austin. And yep. there, he's had a lot of personality conflicts with people. Um, he was a main, he was one, one of Sable's uh, biggest advocates. Oh, yeah, definitely. He and, was a big advocate during the whole Divas era of, you know, when John Laurinaitis was hiring all the fitness models. And I, I get that there are exceptions to that rule, Trish Stratus, Victoria. Mm -hmm. That those are the exceptions, but for the main part, these women did not have the talent to be put in the roles that they were put in. No, they didn't. No, and, and, and that's what it boils down to. It, they were definitely going more for substance instead, you know, for the the physical, the looks instead of the skill. Exactly, and of course now John Laurinaitis is back. Yep. Uh, which makes me kind of wonder, you know, when Laurinaitis was put in charge of talent relations, you know, previously, that's when, like you said, they were pushing, pushing, pushing the divas. Mm -hmm. But the product overall suffered. Yeah. He leaves. All of a sudden, they were back to being women wrestlers. Yeah. Which is what they were. And they were to be taken seriously, not divas with a little belt that looked like a butterfly. Yeah. Hated that belt. I mean. Yeah, it looks like something I would have gave one of my daughters as a birthday present. Exactly. It looked like a toy. Yeah. And I know there have been wrestling belts in the past that look like toys. The spinner belt comes to mind, which I did have a replica of the spinning belt. But at the time, the spinner belt was, was cool. But that. That belt was only that. Oh, that belt only worked for John Cena. Right, it didn't really work when anybody else had it. But that Divas title was just—I always felt it was just disrespectful mm -hmm. to to the women that had to chase that title. It looked like something that you would buy at a Claire's. <laughs> it looked like kids' jewelry. I mean, it looked like something that it looked like a kid's accessory. Yeah. And my, and my daughter wanted that title, and at the time she was like seven or eight. Yeah, if that tells you know. <laughs> so, uh, but 
ever since they went back to being women wrestlers and not divas, and that included the new belt. Now, I think they ought to redesign all their belts instead of having the cookie cutter. You know, the th- the big old thing with the big W just has a different background color. Yeah, you know, I, I think they they must have cut a deal somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and be- I like the the WWE title. I have a replica of the WWE Championship, the current one. I the like red, it. The red one. No, the black one. Oh, the black one. Okay. Yeah, the one Big E's got. All right. But the other one, I the Universal title looks better blue than it did red. But I still think it's dumb to just have all your belts look the same when you've got the World Heavyweight Championship sitting there that could be used. I mean, you bought the rights to WCW, so you're absolutely can use that title. And could you imagine Roman Reigns coming out with the big gold belt for a match? It would be perfect. Do they own that belt, or does Flair own the belt? Flair owns his belt, but WWE, if you notice, there's two different ones. There's the WCW one where the top of the belt was kind of bent. That's Flair's. That's the one that came from WCW. WWE made another one when they gave it to Triple H, and it has the WWE logo on it. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I still think that, like you said, all the belts should have a unique design Yeah. because when you hold a belt up from a distance, you should be able to look from a distance and say, oh, that's, that's the WWE title. Okay. That's the intercontinental title. Okay. Those are the tag belts. You know, that's the U S belt. And, you know, instead of, Hey, there's a big W you know they're more worried about their branding than they are again they're more worried about the the branding aspect than they are about the wrestling aspect or especially the history of it and i think that also comes with them going to fox sports and yeah you know and i now also being on peacock because when they were just on USA, before USA got the affiliation with NBC, when it was just USA, they were fine. Yeah. You know, there, were, there was a couple of hiccups you know, across the years, but for the most part, they were fine. USA did not get involved with the storylines. No. Now, no, they now, did not. Well, now Fox Sports are. And then now yeah. Peacock and you know, NBC are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. NBC Universal definitely has had some say that's why the 24 seven championship was created because uh, NBC universal wanted uh, a new, something new to be defended, a new title to be defended uh, basically on television. So instead of creating a world television championship, which they own that belt too, they, you know, they, they, and they don't, own, and they don't use it. They don't use it. They literally own the world television title. And you got it when you bought the company. So use that instead of the 24-7 title. I would much rather see a world television title match every week than the same old ridiculousness with them basically just rehashing the old hardcore title. Right. uh, And just having the champion run through and interrupt matches and 
all the silliness that they have and have five or six title changes within like three minutes. Um, and right now, Dana Brooke is the, is she still the 24 seven champion? Yes. Which good for her. She's been there long enough. She deserved to win something. Yeah. Something. I mean, and the woman's put in the, the woman's put in the work. So yes, she has. I mean, and she's been through a lot. I mean, yeah. You know, um, and you could tell she puts in the work too, because if she wasn't a wrestler, I'd say put her in a bodybuilding competition. Oh, she before she started wrestling, she did bodybuilding. Well, she about okay. I can easily see that yeah. because I mean, she's definitely she did body, got. She did bodybuilding and like fitness modeling type stuff with the bodybuilding. So yeah, so she's got definitely got experience there, and you can tell she takes care of herself. So instead, of, like you said, the silliness, and this is one thing. Hey, Nick Khan, if you're listening, which you're probably not, but Nick, if you're listening. <laughs> The 24-7 title, yes, I get that they don't want to call it the hardcore championship. I get that because hardcore, I mean, it kind of goes back to the Attitude Era, and it, it leaves the kind of connotations of visions of blood, I mean, actual blood, and with the weapons yeah. and everything else. And I get why they want to move away people, from that. Yeah, people hear hardcore, and they automatically think of, you know, violence. So, right, even though... And, and just like who's who's the dude who who cut Chris Jericho? The sport Yeah. Yeah. Say it again. Um, Nick Gage. Nick Gage. Yeah. 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 The pizza cutter, and then which was immediately followed by Domino's commercial, which. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, and Dom, I said Domino's was not happy about that because I don't no. think they knew that spot. That's I mean, and that's a. That's Nick Gage's signature weapon in a hardcore in a hardcore slash death match is the pizza cutter. Like Abdullah always had the fork. Yep. Uh, Nick Gage always comes up with a pizza cutter. Either he's got it on him, or a fan hands it to him, or whatever. But that's his weapon of choice. Which the thing is, it's like anybody that was watching AEW when MJF announced. Nick Gage was Chris Jericho's opponent for the next week. Should have known what they were in for. Yes. You're not going to get a catch-as-catch-can wrestling match with <laughs> Nick Gage. That is not his style. And there is, I guess you could say there is a niche market for that, you know, for the, the deathmatch type wrestling. Um, I don't mind it in small doses. In small doses, exactly. I would, yeah, it's not something that I would want to watch continuously. But, it, like, I watched um, Nick Gage and Matt Cardona when uh, Matt Cardona won the uh, GCW world title. That was a good match in spite of, you know, the deathmatch rules, just like uh, Nick Gage and uh, John Moxley was a good match yeah. because the the rules fit their feud. Mm -hmm. The rules of the match fit their feud. You weren't going to – they had what they used to call a blood feud, and they you, you weren't going to finish that with a standard wrestling match. So the death match was appropriate for their feud over the title. But those should be few and far between, not every single night. 
Right. And I, I don't want to say necessarily get rid of the 24-7 title because it does leave a little, lead a little bit of intrigue because it's something to kind of, oh, ha, 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 silly, silly, silly. Yeah. And, you know, and it gives R-Truth a chance to come out there because R-Truth is a very good performer. Yeah. Um, he knows he's past his prime. Right. You know, um, but he's he's another guy that R-Truth really doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. No. You know, I mean, he's held world titles with uh, yep. TNA. Um, yep. He's held other titles in WWE. In fact, the other day, my son wanted to watch a Royal Rumble, and I said, well, just pick one. And he picked the one in 2004. Well, all of a sudden, here comes a guy named Ron Killings running down the ramp, and he said, isn't yeah. that our truth I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he still yeah. looks the same. Yeah. The dude does not age. <laughs> he does not. He does not. And... You know, and he enjoys performing, and I don't think they're getting, he's another Vince loyalist, but at the same time, Vince is actually loyal also to him. He likes our truth you know, so he's always going to keep yeah. it on the roster. Yeah. But what hurts the 24-7 title is you look at a list of other people who have held it. Um, yeah. Think about this, and part of this was just, just circumstance that happened. I think the longest continuous reign of a 24-7 champion. Isn't it Gronk? Yeah, it's Gronk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was because he won it at WrestleMania. A non-wrestler won it yep. at WrestleMania. And then all of a sudden he couldn't travel. He was yeah. down in Tampa at the training facility for the Buccaneers and yep. and could not travel. And so they could not get him anywhere to defend it. You're right. And, you know, so now he held it for, what, three, four months? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and, that, and like I said, that just happened to be a circumstance. Now, I'm pretty sure our truth as far as, like, total time on range, because he's had, like, 78 times that he's held the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, we're talking reigns anywhere from like five seconds to, you know, five weeks. I don't know, but yeah. Um, but you're right. I believe the, the world television champion that should championship, that should be brought back and defended every week on one of the shows. And I'm saying just bring back one champion. Do not create separate ones. No, and my thing brand. with the World Television Championship, just have them cross both brands. Right. You're gonna have a match. You could have a match on Raw and a match on SmackDown, or you could do a match on Raw one week and a match on SmackDown the next week. Right. But you could just have a traveling champion that defended the World TV title on both shows. Right. Instead, like you said, instead of having two world television champions because especially with the way they're cutting their roster a lot of those belts need to be combined into one and oh i agree have two shows fine but have I, I i'm fine with having the two world champions but like the tag titles needs to be one set of tag titles defended mm -hmm. across both brands um, kind of like the way the women's tag team titles are now because they don't have enough women to support mm -hmm. having two separate tag yep. team titles. And there's a lot of women yep. on the roster now compared to what there used to be. Yeah. But 
Yep. And and honestly, I would like to see them. Um, and this is where I guess you know we do disagree. I'd like to see them merge the uh, the world title, or they just call it the WWE title. I don't know why they don't like seeing world title. Yeah, I don't. But whenever they say like, whenever a wrestler comes to the ring, like Roman Reigns, they they'll say he's a five-time world champion. But then they won't call the WWE title the world title. Right. That makes no sense. But but combine that and have that one also be the the traveling champion between the two shows because mm-hmm. if they're on top of the brand, I mean. You know, that's what it should be. You know, you can't have two people that are sitting there both at the top. You need to have one, yeah. you know, so. Um, but then the, uni- or not the, uni- but the Intercontinental title on SmackDown, the U.S. title on Raw, that's your automatic number one contenders for that belt. That is the champion of that show. Yeah. And, yeah, but then you had the TV title. That could also be, or like you said, one week on Raw, another week on SmackDown. And I always go back to the nwa television title and the first person i remember holding it was totally blanchard he would defend that title every week on mid-atlantic championship wrestling and he would do it 10 minute you had a 10 minute time limit and it got to the point where if you won it you also won ten thousand dollars yeah and so every week i mean you would have a quality match i mean sometimes it was against enhancement talent but other times i mean it was actually against real opponents yeah and and if you if you remember the, the titles were stepping stones whoever yes. was the world television champion was generally next in line for the united states title yep whoever was the united states champion generally except for case of the horsemen because they didn't you know really you know they didn't challenge for each other's titles that's but, where the kicks thing out. Know, yeah, exactly. But generally, the U.S. title was, if you were U.S. champion, you were the number one contender for the world title. That's why Vader beat up Jim Duggan and took the United States title because he wanted to shot at Hogan. Hogan wouldn't give him the title shot unless he was the number one contender. So Vader beat up Duggan, the U.S. got title and threw down the U.S. title. He's like, I didn't want that. I just needed that to get to Hogan. And that's where WWE's kind of lost sight with their mid-card titles. They're they're just props. They don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, and Bruce Pritchard, uh, you know, okay, he's an employee of the company. This is the third time he's been an employee of the company. Uh-huh. Maybe he can go without getting fired this time. But he actually says it's a prop. And Conrad will argue with him. No, it's not. It it should actually mean something. And yeah, it should definitely mean something. I agree with Conrad, but I agree with Bruce in the sense of, and this is the company's fault. They are props, and that's the company's fault for making them props. Right. And and actually, I want to say Jr. also calls them props, but he also says the titles should mean something. Uh-huh. If you're trying to draw fans to it, you know, you can't have these multiple title changes. No, and it's, it's got to mean something. Yeah. And your, your belts, they need to look like something. They need to look important and made to feel important. Because even today, I'm 48 years old. I've been watching wrestling since I was five. 
and one of my absolute favorite belts and favorite things to watch was the world television title. Yeah. The belt, that is a beautiful belt. And like you said, you always got a quality TV match. It didn't matter if it was from, uh, from an underneath guy or mid-card guy or whatever. Whoever was the world television champion, you always got a good 10-minute match. Um, with the exception of when Dusty Rose was the champion, all of a sudden it stopped being defended. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. <laughs> that's something yeah, I just yeah. now thought of um, because it was yeah, actually pointed out. But especially when Tully had it, and especially when Arn was when Arn had it. Yes. Yeah. And and that's I mean, that's how all titles should be. They should be. Because, I mean, the world television title was kind of low man on the totem pole, and Arn made it feel like it was just as important as the world heavyweight title. He made it feel like him and Tully made that title feel like it was just as important and just as sought after as Flair's title. And with the constant title changes, uh, when it that kind of takes away the value from the belt because it used to be, if you said somebody was a former world champion, it actually meant something. Now you say, well, they're a former world champion. Yeah. It's like, well, who is it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Who isn't a former world champion? Uh, who isn't I a mean... former world champion anymore? Um, and, you know, it's used the same thing with the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title. It, you know, it, if you were to look at the history of the WWE, if you start way back in 1962, when they split off from the NWA because they're, uh, I was just reading part of this today. I should have shared this article with you. It's actually pretty interesting. They were calling it the, the, uh, uh, a screw job that happened before uh, even yes. Wendy Richter. Yes. But it was Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers was NWA champ. And he was based out of the Northeast. Well, he was getting paid more money in the Northeast and they wanted to have him working out of like the middle of the United States, maybe like Kansas mm -hmm. city or St. Louis, somewhere like that, or even Minnesota. And he's like, no, I, I'm making money up there. Right. You know, he's, he's making some good money. And they said, well, if you want to go up there, then we're taking the belt off of you. And, and so they sent Luthez to get the belt off of him. Yeah. And Luthez uh, he was a uh, he was a shooter. He was a hooker, and he would um, he, if he had to force Buddy Rogers <laughs> to do yeah. it. He and, and so Buddy Rogers, you know, he he actually did the job for um, Luthez to kind of pass on the belt. But then he went up to to Northeast and see they wouldn't recognize they were not going to recognize the title change to Luthez because. Buddy Rogers was their champion. And so that's when they created the World Rider Wrestling Federation yeah. and made him the first champion. But he also was being difficult with it. From what I get from the article, and they said, okay, we're going to have to, we're eventually going to take the belt off of him. Well, then Buddy Rogers, he claimed he had a heart attack. And yeah, and then that's why Bruno was able to beat him real quick is because he yeah he supposedly had a heart attack and so then when he had to defend the title 
he couldn't really do anything. And I, I don't know. I've seen things that have said to where he did that just so he can make Bruno look bad in the title win. Yeah. He. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just. Yeah. Cause some people are saying that he's claiming that um, Bruno did something to him and that all of a sudden, Oh, he couldn't wrestle. Yeah, because he had these heart problems and his doctor told him no wrestling for a long two times. But then they, they said, well, wait a minute. He was still wrestling yeah. after that. Yeah. They said, and he was in his doctors checked him out. And even back then, and a lot of people may find this hard to believe even back then for a sport, which is predetermined because of the athletic requirements, they still have to do doctors still have to clear them. Yeah. And yep. the doctors who examined him, apparently before every match they found nothing wrong with him because if his heart was that bad, yeah. they would not have had him in that match. No, not at all. They, cause they would not have, you know, that's a risk. Nobody is going to be want to take. Right. And, but he is saying that Bruno told him I'm taking the belt. That yeah. belt is going to be mine tonight. And he beat him in 48 seconds, 55 seconds of yep. her, you know, and, Bruno's a world champion. And then Bruno held it for seven or eight years. Yeah. And was, was, and was eight. Yeah. And drawing crowds everywhere he went. Yeah. So and sold out the garden every single time. Every single time. And so it's kind of showing. And yes, I do realize this is 50 years ago, but you don't have to have constant title changes. No you know, to get people into the, into the arenas. And that's part of the thing there. They have treated it like a circus now for so yes. long where you go to the circus, you're saying, okay, I want to see the trapeze artists do that flippity flippity. And Ooh, yeah. they did the flippity flippity. Okay. I'm satisfied. Yeah. But how many times are you going to go watch that? Yeah. I mean, especially since they don't have the elephants anymore. And yeah, I always like the elephants. You look but. at the other wrestling companies, though, and it's like they don't, you know, they don't play hot potato with their world titles like WWE does. Right. Like you look at like Ring of Honor, the standard world title reign in Ring of Honor is usually in today's and Hell, in WWE, they would have had two or three title changes in that amount of time. Yeah, I was fed. I was about to ask. See, AEW have had four champions four. so far in the two years. Two, two years, and that Hangman Adam Page is the four AEW World Champion. Yeah, because it was Jericho, it was Moxley, it was Kenny Omega, and now Page. Hangman. Hangman. Yeah. And like you said, during those same two years, and I couldn't even rattle them off off the top. Well, no, Roman Reigns has been the universal champion for the majority yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, I do think a lot of that, though, is the same reason why they had uh, Nikki Bella when she, yeah. the, she broke the women's yep. record for consecutive days. Yeah, she broke AJ, AJ Lee's record. Right. And part of that was political. Yep. 
And with Roman Reigns, now Roman Reigns, I mean, obviously, you know, his, all of his title defenses have been successful. Yeah. Uh, he has not put in nearly the amount of, of title defenses CM Punk did. No, he did not. I mean, he's, he's probably got about a, maybe a third of the title defenses that CM Punk has had during his reign. And, and he, I mean, has Roman has Roman surpassed Punk now? Um, I haven't seen any indications of that. Um, he might have, but yeah, I think actually they would have said something by now. But um, it will See, never. I mean, they will not pass up Bruno. Either no. one of either one of Bruno's reigns. They're not going to pass up Bruno. They're not going to pass up Hogan. No, uh, Backlund. Backlund yeah. was another one who had a pretty long reign. And I think that's something that Nick Khan maybe ought to look at and go, you know, if you could actually have someone, the people could, everybody could get behind, you know, or in the case yeah. of, like, I mean, when the NWA world title was more or less a heel belt because they sold the chase, you know, for every territory, they already, always had somebody chasing it. Right. Uh, whereas WWF was a face champions territory. And with the one exception that they should have kept longer was superstar Billy Graham, because he was over with the fans, even as a bad guy, and they should have kept the belt on him longer, but they didn't. Yeah. But, but they proved back then, I mean, I, up until... 1984, I mean, I could actually, I could rattle off all the champions right now. I mean, it started with Buddy Rogers, but then, of course, like we mentioned, Bruno beat him. Bruno held the title for something like seven years. He got beat by Ivan Koloff right there in the garden, clean, clean pin, and left the audience stunned. Oh, yeah. And uh, then Koloff turned around and three weeks later and lost it to Pedro Morales. Yep. Who went on to have, uh, thousand plus day runs yeah with yeah pedro held it for a few years yeah and then he got beat by stan stasiak who turned around and like a week later lost it back to bruno yep who held it for a few because they they their heel champions were transitional champions uh, yep and then bruno lost it to a superstar who actually held it for about a year yeah before, before he lost it to backland yeah and Backlund, uh, well, there's the one title change that WWF or WWE does not acknowledge when Backlund lost it to Antonio Inoki. Yep. Uh, because Antonio, he refused it. Or he refused it, it to take it, yeah. Yeah. And so Backlund came back with the belt. Yeah. So they just had it as one interrupted run instead of. So technically, Backlund is a three-time WWE champion, but on the books, it only says a two-time. The two-time. His first first championship reign, they just say it was uninterrupted instead of acknowledging the loss to Anoki. And Backlund held it for about four or five years. Yeah, Backlund had it, yeah. Then he lost it to the Sheik, which... He was a transitional champion mm-hmm. to drop it to Hogan. And then Hogan held it for four and a half years. And then Andre held it for 45 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, Teddy, here's the belt. Yeah. And 
and then the rains started shortening, you know, but not yeah. nearly as, I mean, but it, the champions still held it long enough to be credible. Yeah. It's like Sat when Savage won the tournament at WrestleMania four, Savage held it for a year, mm-hmm. you know, before he lost it to Hogan. But yeah, they didn't, they didn't really start doing those hot potato rains until really until the attitude era. Yeah. In the attitude era, it's like all of your championships are changing hands almost on a weekly basis. And I, like I said, I mean, when you look at all the WrestleManias and you just look at, okay, who was all in the championship bouts mm-hmm. and compare those to the first probably eight WrestleManias yeah. where – uh, or the first WrestleMania, they actually didn't have a title defense, but Hogan was a champion. <clears throat> then he defended it at two. Then he defended it at three. He was technically part of the tournament in four, even though, you know, but that's when Savage won it. Yeah. So now, you know, now there's two people who have actually held the title at the first four WrestleManias. Then Hogan won it back. So now really the first five. Yeah. Hogan uh, passes it to Warrior at six. So yeah. now you have three of them. At yep. seven, well, Hogan won it from Slaughter because I, yep. I, I, Slaughter, I mean, I get why they did it. I mean, he got it from Warrior at the Rumble. Yeah. But it was like three or four months later. So, I mean, that's a little long for a transitional champion. Yeah. But, uh, but either way, I mean, at, um, at those WrestleMania's, <laughs> and of course, at eight, now that's when Savage and Flair were in it. Yeah. And should have been the main event. That Which should have been the main event. But Hogan being Hogan, yeah. which we know we all know about that now. Uh, we didn't back then, but we know about it now. Yeah. Um, well, we can pull the Captain Obvious and say Hogan was not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But now, you know, and in those times, how many title changes did they have that were not at WrestleMania? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they had um, Andre getting it from. Hogan for those 45 seconds. Yeah, on Saturday night's main event. Yep. You had Slaughter getting it from um from Warrior at the yeah. at uh, the Rumble. Yep. And let's see. Then that was in 91. So that's when Taker got it from Hogan. Hogan got it back from Taker six days later, but then it got uh held, held up. up. And Flair well, got it at the Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. And so you could count the number of title changes outside of WrestleMania on one hand. Yeah. And now you couldn't even, you can't even use just one hand to count how many title changes they had just in three months. Yeah. And well, like the, like when the Miz won the title, nothing against the Miz. The Miz has worked hard and he's gone, he's done. So much more than I ever thought he would when he first came from the real world and transitioned into wrestling. He has worked hard to improve. Mm-hmm. One of the best, one of the one of the best heels in wrestling. He's a he he knows how to play heel. He's good on the mic, but his WWE his second WWE title reign was pointless, other than being the transitional champion to get the belt onto Lashley. Which I'm glad that part la- happened because Lashley was long overdue for the WWE title. 
Yes. But, you know, the Miz cashes in, wins the title. He's got it for six days and loses it to Bobby Lashley. And some of the people, it almost feels like they're giving them the title just as a favor, just for... Or and, thank you, or yeah, and and I get that that out that also happened, you know, back in the day. Yeah, and that happened back then. I mean, that happened. I mean, happened with Mick Foley, which he very, very much deserved to thank you for everything that he had mm-hmm. put his body through to entertain people and get other people over. Um, or even longer, even before that, Tommy Rich holding the NWA yeah. World Title for yeah. what was it, four days? I think it was four days. Yeah. And that was done as a favor from Harley to try to yep. get Rich and yep. the Georgia Territory over is showing, look, I mean, you've got some world championship quality yeah. talent here. But now them doing people favors and then the way they take it back from them, it's almost a slap in the face because, you know, Ray Mysterio got his world title shot. He won the Rumble. And, yeah. and I get, I mean, a lot of that was done as a favor to Ray and also kind of as a tribute to Eddie. To Eddie, yeah. And then when Ray finally won the title, he immediately lost it, what, half an hour later? No, that was the... Uh, now, he held the world title for a few months. Uh, oh, okay. But the WWE title, when Punk won the title at Money in the Bank in 2011 and then left, uh, and then so they... Instead of writing that out, which I've talked about that before, they should have wrote that out as a right. major storyline and just not had a champion for a few months. They were like, oh, no, we got to have a champion. So they had a little mini tournament on Raw. Ray wins the title. Then Cena pops up, asks for a title match, gets it. So you've got Ray, who's already wrestled a couple of matches in the tournament. you got a fresh John Cena, who's supposed to be the good guy. And then Cena comes in and beats Ray. Ray's got the title. Ray's been, Ray was WWE champion for about two hours. Yeah. And to me, that's kind of a slap in the face. It's like, why even bother? Yeah. 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 It's like, why even bother to give it to him if you're just going to take it? If he's not even going to get a full 24 hours with it. Or even like Zack Ryder. Was it Zack Ryder that won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania? I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah. Zach writes this, you know, he wins the Intercontinental title, gets this huge WrestleMania moment. You know, his dad's at ringside, and it was awesome. He, you know, he deserved it. He mm-hmm. worked hard, and, you know, and then the next night on Raw, they just take it from him. They right. just have the men beat him, and then he's right back to bottom of the totem pole. Yep, and now he's not like even there makes- anymore, so. But he is... He's not there anymore, but man, is he making a name for himself? Yes, he is. Like he showed up at uh, Card Times 2, the NWA show, um, after Trevor Murdoch had defended the the NWA world title against Mike Knox. Trevor won. Matt Cardona came out like he was going to congratulate him and then jumped him. So he's inserted himself into the world title picture. He has a world title match at Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill pay-per-view. I think it's, I think it's later this month or beginning of next month. Uh, so he's got two world title matches 
coming up, and he's still involved with GCW. Ooh, and you know it's amazing how we segue from talking about Nick Khan to all of a sudden. I know, right? <laughs> but, it, but it all circles back. It all does. To, it's like, what is the company going to look like with Nick Khan in charge? Is mm-hmm. is he going to defer the day to day wrestling business to a wrestler or wrestlers, or is he going to try to do the Vince McMahon and get three hours of sleep a night and run everything? And that's not three hours of continuous sleep either. No. Vince is is in the office by five. Vince is the first person in the office. And And the last one. And the last one there, too. So as far as the leadership qualities go, I mean, to me, that's one of the things I look at. Yeah. um, But part of the other news that also concerns WWE-ish is Jeff Hardy has been released from the company. Um, it started uh, people people have been worried about Jeff since this weekend um, I can't remember exactly I can't remember what town they were wrestling in but somewhere in Texas I believe and they said he yeah sounds that sounds right and they said he was very sluggish in the ring and it just got worse and worse in the hot tag he was teaming with think Drew McIntyre he ended up making the hot tag and then they said he just left through the yeah, crowd. Through the crowd. Just, just follow him. Yeah, yeah, he just, instead of standing on the apron and finishing, you know, finishing out the match, he makes the hot tag and then he leaves to the crowd. Security follows him and then, you know, he goes home. He gets, you know, they send him home. And then Matt was on Twitter and said that, you know, Jeff was okay. Jeff was at home. He didn't get a whole lot of detail because he said it wasn't his place to right. say. And then reports started coming in this morning that they'd released him uh from what i was seeing he um wwe offered to you know send him to rehab on their dime and uh, he declined the rehab offer so so they had pretty much they had no other choice i mean this wasn't one of those you know budget cut things this was a guy's legitimately having some issues and doesn't want to he's not the first guy that has gotten cut because they refused rehab and i'm pretty sure he also won't be the last and that's very that's just unfortunate um and i think jeff i mean i'd be willing to bet yeah he recognizes that he has a problem he's recognized her for years but yeah i hope that he's able to get get it under control you know yeah because um, i thought he had but another thing too and i'm not you know jeff is still a grown man and he's got to take you know there's always accountability and he's got to take responsibility but it doesn't help when the company that you work for uses your past substance abuse as a store as a wrestling storyline yes multiple times it's not just once that they've done this with jeff They've done this multiple times with Jeff using his substance abuse issues as a storyline. And it's like, that is, that is nothing to make light of. And he's not even the only one they've done that with. They did it with Hawk. They no. did it with Scott they, Hall. They did it with Jake. Yep. And in fact, with Scott Hall, um, 
Bruce Pritchard actually talked about this in on his podcast a few years ago when they were talking about, I want to say it was Hall and Steve Austin when they were having their thing, their angle. Yeah. And they had Scott Hall like taped up in um, like a beer cooler or something like that. And Austin was pouring beer on him. Well, yeah. Scott Hall was taking an abuse. Uh-huh. And you can't even smell alcohol and beer when you're on that because it just makes you want to just puke yeah and of course they didn't know he was on the an abuse but at the same time it's like why would you go and pour beer on somebody who you know is an alcoholic an admitted alcoholic and he's trying exactly. to get you know yeah <sighs> um well it's like when jake came back and he had that feud with jerry lawler and jerry lawler's pouring whiskey in his mouth and it's like, why would you, why would you do that? It's like, you know, the man has, you know, issues with alcohol and drugs. And why would you make that part of a storyline to entertain the fans when that's, you know, that's nothing entertaining about substance abuse. No. And, and of course that one, I've always wondered if it was actually alcohol being poured on him. No, Jack um, said it was alcohol. He said it was it okay. To be. He said it was supposed to be some kind of juice, and then, as as from what I've read in uh, uh, like different interview excerpts that I've read, but uh, somehow it got switched. It was al- actually alcohol that was being poured on it. Yeah, because Jerry Lawler is another one. He's actually a teetotaler, mm-hmm. yeah. and and a lot of people don't. Well, I mean, it's it's more known now than what it was, but yeah. Uh, so I can't see Lawler doing that switch on purpose. Yeah. You know, um, but I really, really hope and pray for Jeff Hardy that he's able to beat his demons, you know, or at least get him under control to where he doesn't uh, use anymore, where he doesn't, yeah. there's no drugs. He doesn't do, you know, he doesn't drink anything um, because he's another one. He has, nothing left to prove i'd like to see him and matt reunite in AEW, but if they don't if he says you know what i'm done yeah you know i'm i'd be happy for him the same because i mean he's put his body through so much i mean um, i mean I i don't know how the man is still going as it is because it's like he has just done so much damage to his body over the years and i don't I mean, props to him for being able to still go, but I agree with you. I hope he's able to get his demons under control. And, you know, I hope he's able to beat this. And if he wants to come back, hopefully he'll be able to come back and have one last run before he calls it a day. And because, I mean, he's married now with kids. Yeah. And, you know, and he's actually talked about that before uh, on interviews. And this was a few years ago when he had gotten clean at one point. Mm-hmm. And he said a lot of it was because, you know, when he was having kids, all of a sudden he realized, hey, I've got responsibilities and I've got somebody else who I need to be thinking about. Right. I've got somebody besides myself that I'm accountable for. Right. And I think one of the 
the worst things that they could have done, even though we, we cheered it when it was going on, obviously, but mm-hmm. was him going back to the WWE and getting back on that schedule. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, their, their, their schedule is just off the chain crazy. Yeah. They're constantly on the road, 300 days a year at least, where you're away from your family. You may work 14 days in a row. You get one day off. Yeah. Yeah, that type of deal. And, you know, you so you go home and see your family for a day. Well, see you later. You know. And, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be taxing, not only physically, but mentally taxing. Mm-hmm. All that travel, all that wear and tear on your body, you know, you've got to, you've still got to try to eat right and train and mm-hmm. all that. And then, you know, you're missing your wife and your kids and that's, I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine being away from my family like that. Mm-mm. And, you know, and you, um, if you're wrestling the kind of style he does, he was in a lot of pain. Yeah. He had to be. I mean, so you've got to try to take care of that as well. Yeah. With, and with their schedule, there's not enough time to recoup from his style of wrestling. There's not because you have to give your body, you have, you have to get rest in order to heal. And yeah. he wasn't getting that. Nope. And so him walking through the crowd that may be may have also been his way of saying look i'm done yeah you know you can't make me do this anymore yeah but one of the things about where the hardys live right there in cameron the the county they live in has had a huge population growth over the past decade um and a lot of the people who moved there they moved down to Pinehurst because of golf, but mm-hmm. but if you're going to be going playing golf every day, you probably got a lot of money to where you can play golf every day. <laughs> yeah, and so I can tell. I mean, Pinehurst was already kind of affluent ish. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody, obviously, but um, you know, and I didn't live in Pinehurst, and 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 I can tell you, I'm you know being originally from that area, I I certainly wasn't affluent. Right, um, but. I went to school, you know, um, especially high school, uh, for my freshman year with some kids who were definitely affluent (laughs) and (laughs) at least least their parents were. Yeah. And, uh, and it just because of the area, it's a beautiful area. And so, you know, well, when you have a lot of that kind of money, that means also you're going to have a lot of better hospitals and better facilities that could take care of him yep and the hardys obviously they also have money right i'm pretty sure they are the richest people who live in cameron oh i'm sure yeah i mean with the with the 500 other people who live in cameron i mean um and that's not an exaggeration that's about what the population of cameron is it's about maybe 500 people (laughs) and you know so with all the ones there because they're celebrities who actually own condos there in pinehurst you know right. M- michael jordan um elton john um some other other folks i mean because they can go there and they can play golf and there are gated neighborhoods there where they can, they can have that anonymity yeah but you know that means that 
the facilities you would think theoretically the facility for something like that could offer a lot of support because there's a lot of potential money flowing in there mm-hmm. so hopefully he can actually stay there for a bit i mean he's going to have the, the next 90 days off yeah we know that it, yeah it's 90 right yeah Okay. Yeah. So there's there's three months yeah, off. He, yeah. He's the main roster guy. So he's he got there's a ninety day no compete. Right. So you take the ninety days, and it, it may take longer than ninety days to get clean. I mean, we don't know how much you're yeah, taking, but I know some people are able to to stop using or stop drinking without rehab. I was one of those people where. I was able to stop doing it without rehab, but some people cannot. And if, you know, I think Jeff is one of those people that needs that kind of help to stop. And mm-hmm. I just, I hope he, I hope he admits it to himself that he needs some help with this. Yep. And, and actually I will say also one of his biggest supporters was his father. His father passed away it was wasn't it last year yeah i think yeah it was last year and and so i mean that probably because jeff was the youngest of the two so yeah um it always seems like the youngest kids are the ones closest to the parents you know it's just you know nature you know uh, it just happens and you know and there i know a couple years ago there was also some drama with his either wife or girlfriend i don't know if they're married or not but uh, yeah, big, uh, I think they're married. I think they're married. I think I saw something on Twitter today about, okay. uh, about his wife. Cause I mean, I knew they were together for a while and already had kids before they actually got married, but um, there was some drama going on between her and Reba Hardy, you know, Matt's yeah. wife. Yeah. And it was going on Twitter and I'm like, and then you got to re- realizing this is not part of a storyline. This is no, that was real <laughs> this stuff. is very yeah. real. You know, and all of a sudden, okay, yes, he, he's already a celebrity. You know, at least in the wrestling world, he's a celebrity. And he also has side projects because he's also involved with his music. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, so he did put himself, I mean, he willingly put himself in the public eye. But that doesn't mean he wanted all that kind of crap to come out. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like, um, yeah, I've had an issue with one of my neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just happened to be on a day that we recorded. But this was um, when Kyle was uh, still the co-host. But it all happened right before I recorded. And so, I mean, I was already just in a hot, hot mood because, you know, somebody threatened to shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but that's, you know, but I let it kind of stop there. Yeah. You know, as far as like putting everything on social media, there's some people that put everything on social media. Yeah. and now of course with jeff this obviously now is cropped back up i'd be willing to bet he probably will not go back to wwe while vince is the one coming up with these storylines of hey you're an addict let's make that a story no Um, i don't think he would either and if i was him i wouldn't i mean that's just like everybody's well aware of jeff's issues but that doesn't that doesn't give anybody the right to make those issues public other than him exactly and you know and they're not the only, i mean because bischoff did the same thing in wcw yeah. but bischoff yeah. realized kind of quickly 
maybe it's not a good idea to be advertising Scott Hall's alcoholism. Yeah, I mean, they had him come into the ring with a cup of beer and everything, and it's like, it's like you know the guy has issues. It's like, why are you playing this up for laughs? It's like they were playing it up for laughs almost, and it's like that's there's nothing funny about alcoholism, right? Or drug use. And you're just reminding them they don't need to be reminded. No. Okay. They're the Um, one living it. They don't need a reminder. And, you know, there's a woman at my church. Um, I actually haven't spoken to her in a couple of weeks um, because I think they went on vacation. But every time I see her, I actually ask her, hey, how many days now? And she'll tell mm-hmm. me, I mean, she's up in the, the 400s now, 500s now. That's great. Of being That's sober. Awesome. Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, because, I mean, and she is very um, open and honest about what her drinking and her heroin um use actually did um it did to her how it wrecked her body mm-hmm. and and also how she she put it like this she's like i got arrested in the same day and charged uh with counts of what was it assault on a public basically assault in two different counties on the same oh, day wow. yeah because she lives in brown county and they arrest her there because of a domestic mm-hmm. but she had gotten hurt so they took her to the hospital well the nearest hospital is in when is in claremont county well she got in a fight there with like some doctors and nurses because i mean she was still drunk and or high and so of course now she got arrested again in claremont county so she got booked twice two different counties on the same day Ugh. yeah and, and she's you know and she's open about it i mean she doesn't brag about it but she says you know that's when you know you've kind of hit yeah. you know, rock bottom yep and uh now i mean she's uh however many it, i want to say at least 500 days sober in fact let me see let me go look to go to her facebook and look i mean and, and I'm, I'm not going to tell her name um just because you know i kind of uh, i want to respect her privacy right um but uh let me see if she has last time she mentioned anything about it um well she's actually gotten you know well she's has so many days now she actually doesn't yeah so yeah in other words she's doing well and oh, okay right yeah so uh but i know last i mean cause every time i see her i mean i um give her a big hug and ask her how many days and she's always happy to tell me you know but i don't ask her to you know remind her hey you know you're an alcoholic right right it's, it's kind of um a way of also reminder hey you're beating this and you're doing well right and and i also say if nikki six can pass up 20 years being sober yeah yeah that i mean because he has been clinically dead twice yeah and you know what he did when he uh the first time that they had to shoot his heart with adrenaline you know to get him he got out of the hospital he went right back to his dealer Uh uh-huh yep (laughs) you know i mean that says something and um you know my friend randy yeah you know, he's an EMT and he's told me, 
about times. I mean, I, you know, he didn't tell me patients' names, obviously, but he was talking about the 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 opioid problem around this area. And he said there has been times, multiple times, where they'd go to somebody's house or somewhere where somebody had overdosed and they hit them with Narcan and they've they're no longer an overdose. And he said eight hours later, nine hours later before their shift is over, they're going back to the same place with the same person because they've mm-hmm. OD'd again. Yep. And you know, so addiction, I mean, it is is it is very real. It is um nobody sets out to be an addict, nobody sets out to be an alcoholic. Um, but once somebody hits that stage, it I'd say, you know, always try to get somebody help. Yeah. You know, don't I will never be an enabler, but I will always try to help somebody if they need it. If I find it, if I'm helping them with money and I find out they're using the money to buy drugs, guess what? Now you're cut off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's what I'm always very wary about giving anybody who I know has a history of drugs or alcohol i'm always worried about giving them actual cash yeah you know it's like hey if you need it for food i'll go buy your food yep if you need it for clothes i'll go buy your clothes but yeah but i'm not giving you money because i know right. what you're going to do with it right and so hopefully with jeff hardy he has a strong support system there which I, like i said i think he's i think the surrounding area should i mean he should actually have a pretty strong support system there because I'm, I'm going to guess that he's going to be in Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hope he pulls through it. You know, Matt's going to do, if Matt, he may have to tell AEW, look, I'm taking some time off for a while. Yeah. I'm going and, to go help my and, brother. And Tony Khan will give it to him. Yeah. Yeah, he will. Uh, ironically enough, Vince also would have, I mean, because they offered to pay for his rehab. Yeah. But, yeah. but maybe Jeff was also thinking, yeah, but when I get out of rehab, all you're going to do is just make light well, of it again that and then they would have tacked on that time the time that he was out in rehab that generally they would have tacked that on to the end of his contract so even if he decided even if his contract was coming up he would have had to stick around longer oh yeah so you know at the beginning i said these were major ish Mm -hmm. um stories that and so yeah i mean i'll say there because matt or jeff hardy uh well the hardys they're not at the top tier of the stars like they were they i mean we know their past you yeah. know their peak they know it they're still going strong you know um, even in the mid card they're still very strong and you know but that's why i can't say they're major major stories Right. Uh, just like Nick Khan, well, it's a major ish story because it hasn't happened yet. Right. It's and a developing story, it's but a very, it yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's the best word for a developing story. Um, hey, I have some of those same pills. <laughs> <laughs> took them right yeah, from the show, actually. <laughs> that's right. Um, and that, that's right, folks. See, Dwayne and I, we can actually joke about our diabetes some. Like, when I say, you know, if I eat the cookie, it's going to make my diabetes flare up. Yeah. Because yep. I've actually said, so diabetes doesn't flare up. It's like, shut up. I'm making a joke. Shut up. It's a joke. 
It's a joke. I, yes, I'm a quite aware diabetes does not flare up. Um, actually, if I eat too much sugar, I can feel my toes flare up. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, but you know, I think that we were able to come with this because we've both been texting back and forth. It's like, you know what? Uh, unfortunately, like I said, our uh, our interviewee had to cancel last minute. It happens. You know, um, obviously no. Yeah no bad feelings towards him because you know we all have jobs we know how that goes you know so i hope everyone who's listening enjoyed today's podcast and if you did let us know if you didn't let us know Uh, but at the same time make sure you go buy some merch that way we're all happy yep you know so um but monday go ahead Support support independent wrestling. Support I'll absolutely support independent wrestling. The Northern Federal Northern Wrestling Federation does not have a show this uh, this Saturday, really? uh, but nope, sure don't. But they do have one the following Saturday. That's going to be back down at Hits in Covington, and there's going to be some pretty good matches uh, there. Is that uh, when? Uh... Uh, is that when Sinclair is going to defend the title against uh, Noah? No, that's actually in Mount Orb. I believe it's on January 8th. Okay. Um, you know, down in, down in Covington, let me go to their, one of their social medias, because uh, unfortunately, for me anyway, because I'm getting older, uh, they they start to kind of run together <laughs> because I'm, I'm always <laughs> looking at them. And then all of a sudden, I started getting confused. Um, this is called the fight before Christmas. Uh, Juice versus Titan. If Juice loses, he leaves. That's NW- right. Yeah, he leaves the NWF for ninety days. Right. Uh, and by the way, I, I believe it was actually Sinclair was talking about Titan and how good he's gotten. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, he ain't exaggerating. Titan, he is very, very good. Uh, this is the because the nwf tag titles have been held up because of the double pin situation that happened in ludlow yep and dude i i I think they they recorded that entire show i think they should release that entire show on video at some point dude i mean it was i would love to see it i saw where the tag where the the they're gonna have another tag match for the titles and Star Rider and Nikki Victory against Joshua and Andrew Reed. We could have had heard more about that, but unfortunately, yeah. um, things happen. And let me see the other match. Actually, they don't have any other matches listed, but on the poster, there's James Cross, formerly known as Jimbo. There's Pompano Joe. There is adam swayze there is swinger and there is chris demise uh all those those guys are extremely talented and i know that that will be a another great show oh, yeah that'll be a great show yeah it, it's going to be hard to beat that one ahead in ludlow though I'm, I'm serious i mean it was just non-stop i mean um and the funny thing about that is they almost they they actually didn't think they were going to have a lot of people there because of just some circumstances which had happened Mm-hmm. I found this out where um, they had hardly any tickets sold online. Oh, yeah, uh, because my son, you know, Leighton and I, we actually got there 
we were able to get ringside uh, tickets there because they said they had about 12 ringside seats left. And I, I was like, that's, that had never happened before. Every, I'd never been to a show before where they still had the ringside uh, seats left, any wow. of them. And this time they had 12. And, you know, but then all of a sudden the people were lined up because they knew about, it. they just didn't order them online because I guess there was, there was an, there was an advertising snafu. Oh, okay. And so everything was people who, who follow them on social media mm-hmm. and then word of mouth. And yeah. they, and so it went from, Oh my God, we're not going to have hardly anybody there to, Oh my God, that house was packed <laughs> and it was loud. And the show itself was absolutely fantastic. And, and I, and I told, um, all the ones who asked me that included big mama that included uh who else i think kemba when he and i got our um when late and i got our picture taken with kemba and in fact it was Riley matthews who took the picture um and you know and i told him i said yeah i said it was great i said not that i wasn't expecting a great show but right. this was this was like one of their special event type greats yeah you know where i, I mean it was uh, it was something they said yeah i mean they um they were trying to put it on you know putting a little bit more than than what they had i guess i mean and they always do good so yeah uh, but this one i mean just hit on all cylinders you know so whatever formula they had you know, i'd say keep using it yeah you know so but either way like Dwayne said support indie wrestling if uh, if you're not aware of any around you, just look it up. Yep. There's bound to be some kind of organization there. Um, even if you think, well, that's just some kind of rinky dink thing. Uh, a lot of the wrestlers who you see now, superstars, they started out in these so-called rinky dink organizations. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. And look at, look at them now. Exactly. And they're, a lot of times they're a little more passionate because they're out there trying to prove themselves. And, you know, they are also very approachable. And some people, there's some controversy about that. They, they don't think the wrestler should be approachable with the fans. And now that I will say, we've come a long way since the kayfabe days. Everybody yeah. knows the nature of wrestling. Stop yeah. pretending. Uh, but I've actually made friends with these wrestlers. Dwayne's made friends with the wrestlers. Yep. And, you know, but we also know where lines are. Yeah. Um, because they know we're not just Markish fans. I mean, we support yeah. them in everything they do. Right. And and so we yeah, we are all about supporting the the indie companies, and and of course we do support the bigger companies as well. But we all know where it starts. Yeah, we yeah we definitely support you know WWE AEW. You know, those are the two, you know, largest companies in, you know, in the United States. But, you know, you don't start out as a WWE or an AEW. You you have to start out. Everybody grinds. Everybody puts in the work and hustles for, you know, as a lot of the, a lot of the veteran wrestlers like to say, you know, a, a hot dog and a handshake. Yeah. And a lot of them, you know, have you know come up through all these different independent organizations some of the greatest wrestlers to ever step in the ring started out in 
bingo halls or high school gyms and things like that and go and support these people because these people work hard as hard if not harder than the people that are in the major companies yep or car dealership parking lots yes um the middle of the street at a under a local, traffic sign <laughs> under a traffic sign you know traffic light yeah yeah and I mean, and these are real things that I've been to and, you know, the and rest a, of me uh, college, on a college basketball court. I, yes. I watched a uh, TNA show years ago at a, uh, a house show in Murray, Kentucky. And it was at the um, it's now called the CFSB Center, but it was called the uh, Regional Event Center or the RSEC Center back in the day. And I saw a TNA show. That's where they have all their basketball games. I've gone to WWE shows where, you know, it was on that college campus's basketball court. So, you know, everybody's got to start, start somewhere. So definitely support indie wrestling, support your independent wrestlers because they are some amazing talent and they deserve a look. Definitely check them out. Yep. And on that subject, and, uh, before we do have to leave, because even though I don't work tomorrow, I still need to probably get to bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> watch AEW Dark. I believe it, it comes out, what, Mondays? I think it's on Monday, yeah. And it's, and it's the previous, it's tapings from the previous Wednesday. Yes. Because some of those same indie wrestlers we're talking about. Yeah. They will be on AEW Dark because I know of three from the NWF who were on a AEW dark not that long ago. Um, I think it's team money. He's the one I'm, I'm the least familiar with. I'll be honest with you. Uh, because mm -hmm. he's still affiliated with the NWF. He I just hasn't wrestled as much, but yeah. nasty Russ, who I've been told by a few wrestlers that he has one of the greatest wrestlers. They said he is beyond smart when it comes to wrestling and he, a great wrestler. He was in a match uh this past saturday in ludlow and, and when he took that ddt and all of a sudden he was just kind of standing on his head before yeah. <laughs> i mean that was something else <laughs> and uh lord crew and if you have not seen lord crew you want to talk about somebody who hustles and grinds mm -hmm. and because yes he is with the nwf but he he will take bookings almost anywhere because yeah. I mean, he's he's putting a lot of travel miles in right now. He's going back and forth to Georgia. He's going other places, and then he was on the uh, in the AEW Dark when they were in Indianapolis. Yeah, and he actually got in some offense against uh, Andrade, Andrade Idolo. Yeah, and so and they called him like the bare knuckle champion. And what that part's actually true. I mean, Lord Crew, he's he's for real. And check out uh, check out Mims. He is uh, uh he's out of tried and true from Clarksville, Tennessee. He is currently wrestling uh, with the NWA. So mm -hmm. definitely give the NWA a watch. It, there's some, you know, quality veterans on there, some good up and coming wrestlers. It's definitely a good product too. To, um, Billy Corgan's doing an awesome job with the NWA. Yep. And they're doing tapings right now in Georgia, I believe. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. They have and, the hard times two pay-per-view. And yeah, and they're doing TV tapings right now in Georgia. Yep. And and also Devin Graves, another man we've had on. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. 
Yep. And big country, Matt Stockdale out of Kansas. He's an, he's another guy. I mean, he advertises stuff and, um, he doesn't wrestle as often as some of the other ones. Yeah. Um, just because maybe just, they just don't have as many shows and he can't travel as, as much as some of those. But I mean, I know he puts 110% effort whenever he is in there. And the aforementioned, we talked about Sid Holland. He's another one. He, he throws everything he can into the ring, just leaves it all there. And he, you know, but go check them out. Yeah. That's all we're saying. But until then, I wish everybody to have a good weekend. And we're, we don't even try to plan in almost anything anymore because, <laughs> you know, we, we'll throw some ideas at each other and say, okay, if we get somebody on, okay, obviously we'll go with them. But if we don't, here's what we might do. You know, by the way, here's a, a backup plan just in case. So, but until Monday, my friend, I'll be talking at you later. God bless. All right. God bless.